Hey, hey, remarkable people. This is Tracy Robbins, and you are listening to Thy Neighbor Podcast. This podcast is designed to inspire you to expand your community, to connect more often with those who are in your path, and of course, to love thy neighbor as thyself. You will hear from individuals in my day-to-day life who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. Have a listen. Hey, Steph, tell us a little bit about your running journey. So this is something that sometimes I feel um, sheepish talking about because when you think of runners, in my head, I have an image of what a runner is supposed to look like, what their body's supposed to look like, what clothes they're supposed to be wearing. And my friend Allison, shout out to Allison, she is always like, Steph, any, like, you're a runner. Like, you don't have to fit this mold to be a runner. And so my running experience started, so my parents were big marathon runners. And in 2008, I had never set New Year's resolutions, and I decided this was going to be the year. So I set five resolutions, and I kept all five of them. And no, that's a big deal. As, like, a 21-year-old, right? Uh, so one of those was to run a marathon and I probably had only ran like five miles. And so to start doing like 10 and 15 and 20, like that's a big deal, right? I agree. Uh, so at the time I, I was overweight, but I was running and like, I was proud of myself doing these accomplishments. So the marathon that I signed up for was the Park City Marathon, which is a beast. So like that's already higher evo- uh, like higher elevation, but then like it's just a hard course. Like you're running up all like all I remember is hills, you know. And so I get to a point where I just was like, okay, mile twenty. I know my family's gonna be there. Tap out. I'm done. Like I did twenty miles. I don't want to finish. But I see my family and they're just like. They start like running with me and I'm like, no, I really don't want to do this anymore. And I I just amateur running moves. Like I started running faster at the beginning because I felt great. And then like I wasn't hydrating because I don't want to go to the bathroom and everything. So 400 feet from the finish line, I pass out and I wake up in an ambulance and I'm like, did I cross the finish line? And my mom's like, well, the ambulance won't cross the finish line. And I was so mortified because... Like, I had friends that had come, and not only was I at a slow time, like, that was at over eight hours, which most people, if they're running marathon, it's, like, five and a half, or six is, like, a slow time, right? Like, if it's your first time. But eight hours, like, they're taking the finish line down, you know? And my family and friends were, like, they're waiting with signs forever, and then I come, I pass out before it, and, like, I leave an ambulance. I had one friend that was, like, I will never run a marathon ever again. So, like, I mean, she hadn't, but she, like, that just deterred her from it. So, after that, I I was, like, embarrassed, and I was, like, I want to one day be this beast of an athlete that's fast. I want to qualify for Boston. And I had never really known anyone that qualified, but that became my goal. And it was like every year I start training and I do the 20 mile and I just was like, I'm never going to be fast enough. But somewhere along this, and I don't remember what year, but I was sitting in church and this guy was talking about how he wanted to learn how to play the piano. So he started to practice and uh, to pray 
before and after he practiced that my father would help him develop that skill. And I was like, I can do that with running. So I started praying before and after. And I had a, a friend that I was running with that she just was like, if you're living, like as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe in the Word of Wisdom, which is just a, a health guidelines to help us um, treat our bodies better and to feel better. And she's like, if you're living the Word of Wisdom, there's some promises in there and you can call down those promises. And so anyways... Um, so I started to just like really have faith that God would help me run faster. And so then I signed up for a marathon and I was terrified that I was going to pass out again. It was like that PTSD. And I don't even remember, like, I think that this is like eight years later. I don't, I don't remember the, the dates or whatever. So it's been a long time. And so I did this marathon outside of LA and I just went by myself because I was like, if I'm going to pass out, I want to do it around strangers. <laughs> And that was, it was so much fun. I made all these friends as I was running. I don't know if you feel this way, Tracy, but do you feel like when you're running, it's like these strangers, you just have these awesome, intimate conversations on races. I just feel united. I yeah. Feel, I feel a sense of unity. Yeah. And so I, I met like three friends on that race that each of them pulled me a different direction. And I remember like getting towards that finish line and I was like don't pass out don't pass out don't pass out and I crossed it and I saw that my time was four hours and 37 minutes and I was like wow that wasn't me that was how my father helping me you know to like go from a time of eight hours to 437 like that was so cool for me and anyone I talked to afterwards I didn't care if they were religious or not I couldn't deny that that God had helped me you know and that he cared about that thing in my life and so, you know, you hear that, and then it's like, sweet, have you qualified for Boston? No. Guess what? That was, uh, like, where, where are we now? I think it's, like, six years later, and I'm still working on it. And I didn't, my next marathon was, um, I don't remember which one that was. But my time, oh, Ogden Marathon. It was a beast. It was snowy and terrible, and my time was, like, five and a half hours and then I did that same marathon in um, California I think my time was like almost six you know and it was like what how am I going backwards you know and then throughout this time then I started to realize that I had an eating disorder that I had struggled for years with binge eating which people are all the time are like oh yeah I overeat and I'm like no like this <laughs> it was like a crazy amount of calories that I would like consume and so I started to do intuitive eating and that was like listening to your body and like not depriving yourself. And most people that do intuitive eating gain weight, you know, so then I've gained like 60 pounds and now I'm trying to like get my body back down to like a weight that can manage the running of qualify for Boston, but to not diet and not deprive myself. And so it's just been this long journey. And I think that like in my mind, I can so clearly picture me crossing the finish line. And I've been working with a running coach for um, for a year. Her name is Melody with Body Smart Mobile Health. She's awesome. So giving a shout out to her. But, um, you know, when I started with her, I'd completely given up on running for like a whole year. I just like hit rock bottom and I was like, why even try? You know, I gained all this weight. And then starting with her, I was starting at an 18 minute mile, which is so frustrating, right? To be the time that I was running at this other pace of 437, like at a nine, 10, I don't know, right. but you yeah. know, yeah. to 18. And then she got me down to like 14, but like still is just, 
it's such a frustrating process. But I know that one day I'm going to cross that finish line. And now I'm like not in the same time frame for Boston that I was because now I'm 36, you know, it's 35. And it's like, why can't I get rid of this goal, right? Like, why do I care about this goal? And I ask myself this all the time. Like, I'm like, no one cares if you run this marathon. And I, it's not about that. It's about me that I know I can be this beast of an athlete. I know that I can cross that finish line and see three hours and 35 minutes. And, and my goal has never even been to run the Boston Marathon because who knows what happens because you have to, it's like a year later and like, who knows, like, if I'll be married or pregnant or whatever. But this has just been this goal that I can't get rid of and I don't want to because when I'm really running, I like, I love it. For me personally, as I listen to the story every time, I'm just so touched by this story. And so when you said like, oh, I don't think people really care about this goal. And I'm like, I think there's a lot of people who care about this goal, Steph. <laughs> I think a lot of us are like, no, Steph has to stay with this goal. <laughs> This is something she's like put so much time and effort into and she's been through such her like her own journey on this path. And so I think a lot of us are really still cheering for you and we are all wanting this goal to be accomplished as well. And if it takes another 13 years or another 10 years Mm -hmm. or however many years, I think it's about um, committing ourselves to something and not letting it go. So I think a lot of people let things go. And a lot of us have let goals go that we're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just not for me or whatever. And so I do want to talk about the whole co-creation thing where Mm -hmm. you prayed before and after um, you would would run. And I want to know how did that enhance the experience for you or what did you learn through that process of praying before and after your runs? And are you still doing that? Um, No, I am not still doing that. I'm like, why am I not? Like, you know, but I think that, you know, we go through periods with our faith where that time in my life, it was just like, yeah, like all things are possible if you believe, you know, and not to say that I'm a little jaded, but I think that like definitely my relationship with God is not as strong as it should be. And saying that out loud, it makes me be like, okay, like I want to change that. But I think at that time, I just had like this like pure childlike faith right and then sometimes you go through life and crap happens and you you might get a little bitter or just like frustrated and it's just like it's hard to have that faith that like like that god really cares you know and so but back then i mean any running i had a person that i was running with every day of the week and we would pray together before and after and and if I forgot, they'd be like, wait, why aren't we praying, you know? And I think that that was such a cool experience because sometimes I felt like like angels were pushing me, you know? Or I remember once I was running with my dad and we were going up, do you know the hill on Offa Creek Road, the Danish? Like, it like just gets like so steep. And he's like, hey, have you been loving the word of wisdom? And I was like, yes. And he's like, have you, did, sorry, did we pray before this run? I was like, yes. And he's like, okay, well, like, how much life is going to bless you, you know? And um, and so, yeah, like, it was really amazing. And, and I think, thank you for asking that question because it reminds me why I want to be doing that. And that's something about in therapy I've been learning a lot about, uh, that there's different parts of us, right? You think of, like, different parts, like, oh, crazy, like, schizophrenic, which I know crazy is not 
the best terpenes. I'm not being sorry if that's offensive to anyone, but like um, that we all have our own mental health or whatever. But I've been really learning that there is a part of me, and I call her Beast. And she is the one that is like, yes, you can get this Boston goal. Like, you're awesome. Like, and when she's in that, like, beast mode, she loves it. And then there's a part of me that I call Chubbs. And Chubbs is just, she is like, all the time, every time after I play soccer, she's like, go get a milkshake. And I'm like, the, literally, this was my conversation with Chubbs this week after soccer. I was like, Chubbs, I don't want a milkshake. It's 930 at night. I have my running coach the next morning. I'm going to have, like, a food hangover. I don't want a milkshake. If I want it tomorrow at lunch, I'll get it. And I think that Chubbs has been very protective of me over the years. She's the one that, like, she's just like, curves are beautiful. Love your body at any size, which is awesome. I've needed that. Um, and she taught me how to not have guilt and shame when it comes to food. And that, like, that, like I can have milkshakes and not be afraid of them or, or whatever. But now I'm like, Chubbs, it's okay that you're telling me to get a milkshake. But guess what? Like, if I just eat milkshakes all day, I'm not feeling my best you know and so like to replace the oh that's a food that I shouldn't be eating too yeah I can have that whenever I want but I'm paying attention to how my body feels and so that's sort of like the dialogue that I'm working through but the biggest thing that I want is to be in my spirit and there was this talk that I heard years ago that talked about our spirits and our bodies and how you can tell the difference and I just look at my spirit like so we believe in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that like we before this life we lived with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and I just like and that we were like spirits up there and I just look at myself and like how um, Jim Rome talks about you become like the five people that you're around and like to have a personal relationship with Heavenly Father and my Savior and to be wait do you you talk about church stuff on yeah (laughs) to be so um, to know them personally. And to just have this spirit that, like, is so confident and knows myself and has my own personality for all the this time, I'm like, why wouldn't I want to be in my spirit? And that's why I want to read my scriptures. That's why I want to pray, because it awakens my spirit. And that might sound like, I don't know, witchcrafty or whatever, but, <laughs> but I've just seen that it really does, like, awaken my spirit and makes me, um, makes me want to, like, I, I love who my spirit is, because my spirit is the one that's like, you can accomplish the impossible. My spirit is the one that's like, with God, all things are possible. And just has this faith in myself. And and so it's just like this dialogue between these three different parts, I think. Um, and yeah, that was a big one. Well, it. no, I feel like the true self versus the false self. Mm-hmm. And our true self is our divine, mm-hmm. our divine self. And the divine self is the person who, or our true self, is the one who knows the truth that things are possible because God is with us. Mm-hmm. And if he's with us, then who is really against us in the regards that we have a power source that created the universe. Mm-hmm. And that is something to be grateful for. Um, and so when I hear you talk about, you know, chubs i also when you were talking about that story specifically this week about how you're like chubs tomorrow at lunch i can have it but i think it's also looking at something i've been learning right now is the future self so one thing i've been using is if i eat this now how will my future self feel in two minutes after i eat it mm-hmm. so I've, I've gotten really short times like how will i feel after five minutes 10 minutes after i eat this how will i feel how will i feel in two hours and when I'm able to like break it down into those little pieces, I've been able to choose differently 
because I know what my future self will feel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you just use that same strategy when you're talking to Chubbs. Yeah. Right? And so Because, like, those foods aren't bad, but it's just, like, when I'm having junk all day, like, and I don't even want to call it junk, but, like, you know, like, when you, I'm not having variety all day. Like, or nutritionally dense foods, right? It just, like, you don't feel, I don't feel good. And then it doesn't leave room for my spirit to come in. Because my spirit doesn't want to be in a body that feels sluggish and that just feels crappy. I think that that's the bigger issue there mm-hmm. is that people change when they feel good. Yeah. And so that's that's really powerful, actually. Um, and I, I'm curious about the, the experience that you've had in going through therapy and working through a binge eating disorder. What, I mean, how have you regulated your emotions about food? Um, so honestly, I remember I used to be like, if I ate something that, quote-unquote, was bad, I wouldn't want to go talk to anyone because I was like, oh, I blew it. Like, I can't go be social. I can't go do anything. I didn't have a perfect day. And I've been cleaning out a bunch of boxes lately, and it's so sad because I see these calendars that I had, and it has, like, numbers on each week, and those are the numbers that I wanted to be on the scale, you know? like. And so therapy taught me, I remember she showed me like these puppies and all these puppies looked all completely different. And she's like, she's like, people are like, oh, look at that. Like, she's like, they're just puppies, you know? Like, and that's our bodies. Like, it's not, it shouldn't be like, oh, that one's like chubby, that one's, I don't know. Like, um, so that like stood up, but she shared this article with me that I like shared with all my friends because I thought it was so cool. And I went through the body and I talked about like the eyes and how cool it is that our eye basically has like the best camera lens ever you know and our brains better than any computer and our heart like just how it's like so delicate but like the the blood that's pumping through that it would like the force of it could cut, cut still or you know like just and our bones and just going through every single thing in our body and it was like whoa like our bodies are so amazing like why do I forget and I do this all the time, but why do I forget how amazing my body is? And last year I went to like Powell with some friends and I brought this little thing with me and my goal was to read that every day so that I wouldn't be self-conscious about my body in a swimsuit, you know, like, and, um, and I, it was really cool because then as I was reading it, other people gathered and I was able to share all this stuff with people and help them appreciate their bodies as we're able to go out and have fun doing like boating and recreation and stuff. And so it just, it makes me sad sometimes. And once again, this is one thing that I forget, but even as you're talking, but how it's so easy to look at what we put on our bodies or, you know, how we look in certain things. But why are we not talking about how flipping cool each of our bodies are and how that they're able to, like, fight off you know, like infection and disease and and, and everything. Yeah, and adapt and how like crazy it is how it like emotionally, like if we aren't in a good place, how it affects our body and how we feel. And I don't know, like I just think that, um, and I know that that's not sexy, right? And I know that's not why people put it out there where it's not like, ooh, you know, like I think of Miss Frizzle with the school bus, that episode where someone was sick and they're going through the body and seeing like the white blood cells and stuff. Um, 
And so that's why it's not talked about. But when you really think about it, like our bodies are amazing. And and we believe that we fought to have these bodies. And so I look at it and I'm like, all these years that I've hated my body, that I've wanted it to look a, a certain way and I've been like upset with it. And I'm like, this is something that I fought so hard for. Like why um, did I for so many years look at it with disgust? And I think that I've gotten better at it. Um, to not look at it that way but like the other day as I was thinking about Chubbs and in my head Chubbs is 350 pounds she never wears clothes like she just is all about like she is like I'm beautiful and sexy with my curves and I <laughs> and I love her like she just is that person that's like eat whatever you want she's like the life of the party right and which is Steph to some degree as well. <laughs> yeah. it's part of who Steph is. But um I just like look at Chubbs and I was like thinking about her and I I think that like part of me used to always have disgust for that part of me that was bigger. But I just like was like so grateful. And that was one thing that my therapist recently taught me to like she had me talk to Chubbs and to thank her for things. And I'm so grateful um for all that she's like taught me and that just like the the love that I'm able to have, I feel like my heart has really softened um, to be less critical, you know. And I find myself more and more having these days that like I get ready and put something on, and I'm like I feel good, you know. I like how I look, you know. And um and I mean I I don't want to always be this size because even that last year at like Pal like my thighs going down with that the slide even though there's water I got like thigh burn, you know, like and it's like sucked and was embarrassing because it hurt you know and I was like I've never had that before or you know I don't and that's one of my conversations with Chubbs I was like I don't want to be like like this size I want to be able to go on roller coasters or like on airplanes you know like a lot of things if you get bigger like your life is seriously impacted impacted so and I so there's a part that's like oh Chubbs is not your false self Chubbs is somebody who personifies the the, the fun loving and this embracing who you are mm-hmm. kind of a person but also she can be the one who's erect who doesn't help you accomplish your oh goals. yeah i think that she's the one that often like and this is another conversation i have with her i'm like i don't love costa vita nachos stop telling me to go get costa vita nachos every and sorry costa vita like not saying that they are good or anything but like every time i eat them like my body doesn't feel good like it just it doesn't and but I find myself going through the drive-thru there all the time. And I'm like, I actually don't like how I feel after I eat these. Like, let's stop. So, What are some foods that you do like eating that you you feel like your spirit or um, the rock star? What did you call your other self? Your beast. The beast. Yeah. yeah. What, what are some foods the beast likes? Um, definitely, like, the other day after I went with my running coach, I went to Harmon's and just got some, like, fruit and like vegetables and stuff so like my beast i discovered zoodles they're amazing like put some tomato sauce on them they're awesome i love like omelets with spinach and peppers and stuff like um yeah like and i don't love like carrots and celery and i keep on buying them and i don't eat them and so i'm like stop telling yourself you like these you know right um but yeah like i just think that like, the beast is totally fine if I have, like, sweets in there, too, but it's just not all day. Because, like, 
where I work, we have, like, so much candy and food out. And so the other day, like, I didn't have breakfast. So I had, like, two Rice Krispie Treats and then bags of chips. We just had, like, snacky foods. And by the end of the day, I was like, this, like, you feel crummy because you haven't eaten anything of substance all day. Yeah, I think that's nutritionally yeah. rich. Yeah. Um, so this is interesting. I saw this yesterday. It says, marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your heart. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your heart. Mm-hmm. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your heart. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your heart. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard, but we can choose our heart. And so I'm curious, what do you think about that? Oh, I think that's awesome. Who said that? Was that just a quote? A little, like, a little graphic. Yeah, just somebody, like, did it on their... Hey, props to that person that did that. I don't know who this is. Um, Yeah, I think that that's so true. Like, so cool, right? But, like... Yeah, it's a lot harder to communicate than to be passive-aggressive. It's a lot, <laughs> you know, but then, like, not communicating when you're holding out and be like, I'm not talking to this person for a bit, that's hard, too, you know? Um, but, like, and finances, hard to stay in a budget, but super hard to pay off debt when you don't stay in a budget, and, yeah. I feel like that's something that I've been thinking about is, like, ooh, what kind of hard or what mm-hmm. kind of... What do I want to create in my life? What kind of results do mm-hmm. I want? Well, then maybe being financially disciplined is something that I need to work on. Yeah. And making sure that I'm actually staying within the limits of my my budget mm-hmm. and I'm not actually just like blowing it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's helped me feel like, and sometimes some people say like, well, that's a perception. You don't have to think things are hard, but I think a lot of things require mm-hmm. Resi- like you resist them and so you have to deal with that kind of resistance it's just part of being a mortal being here yeah so well and I was just thinking one of my favorite dating coaches she always says you love through sacrifice and I think that like you know like the you like these disciplines you might not think of it as love but like that proud like accomplishment like when you work hard to get out of debt like you have this this like confidence and this like I want, proudness I guess is that a word because you work so hard pride, for it pride. pride yeah you know like because you work so hard for it and sort of this love of the school right like and so I think that that um yeah like whatever it is like when you work at something you have a greater love for it yeah and I'm curious um you have always been somebody who's in my mind you're the visionary you're a very visionary person but you're also able to ex- to execute on your vision. So podcasting, the reason why I even have a podcast, you guys, is because of Steph Scholl right here. <laughs> she is the reason. She came over to my house and I was trying to just like make get myself to do this. And she came over and she like spent time with me, helping me, teaching me how you, you know, put your audio onto us like onto Podbean and I just all these things that she taught me how to do she let me use her equipment so that I could create my intro and had a high quality microphone all these things so I'm just curious you know yeah you're a visionary but you're also an executor and I'm just curious how have you been able to develop this ability to set goals and to follow through with them um well and I just first want to say that 
the reason I wanted you to do podcasting is because Tracy's amazing at asking questions. You were like my co-host with like some episodes and I was like, dang, like she has way better questions. Like I feel like that's a really good skill that you have. And so I've loved seeing how you've developed it. So, um, but let's be honest with these goals. Like, so I am someone that I'll get passionate about something and then I forget about it. And like you said, the consistent runner girl blog. Yeah, I still have that, but I haven't posted on it since 2016. And part of it is because I haven't been that consistent runner girl. Like, I'm not what I feel like a runner should be, right? Like, and it's hard to tell your story when you're in the middle of it. And I've done all these other, like, projects. And so, um, but, like, even with podcasting, right? Like, I remember, so I had my 30 Life Crisis and moved to Alaska. I thought it would be, like, a Hallmark movie that I would, like find because there's more men in Alaska than women right but I would find someone (laughs) it doesn't work when you don't love fishing right like (laughs) that I would find myself like I worked out of this assisted living and loved it but everyone started dying on me and I was like (laughs) I was like it's hard when all your friends start dying so I was like what am I going to do next in my life so I go to Alaska and it was four and a half months of just terribleness like I hated it I was so depressed I cried like every day um there was a mean girl that I had never like experienced being with a mean girl it just was so hard um and I was like why am I here I have my college degree why am I cleaning toilets but I started to first off pay for audiobooks and then one of our guests was like why are you paying for those when there's podcasts that are free and the wi-fi sucks so like I would download at night what episodes I wanted to listen to and the podcasters became my friends. And I remember one day I told my friend Miranda, I want to start a podcast. Like these people are just regular people. I want to start a podcast. And she was like super pumped for me. And then I told my friend Logan, he's like, you know what I love about you, Steph? You're a dreamer. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, but I'm a doer, you know? And that's where I look at Miranda and Miranda, like, I absolutely love Miranda because she always thought that I could do anything, any of my crazy ideas. Like, she believed in me. And I think that everyone needs to have that person that, like, you tell an idea to, and they absolutely believe in you. And so, anyways, so I get done with Alaska, and I had this cash because we were paid in tips. And so I bought equipment. And so this is, like, October. But this equipment still just hanging out like come like February March and I'm like okay like if I'm gonna do this I should do this and I want I was dating this guy and we went on a trip to sorry this is probably more tangent but like we went on this trip to Mexico with his friends and honestly you know those people that you meet like I feel like I needed to date this guy so I can meet his friends which sort of sounds bad but we actually broke up in Mexico but his friends were they had just started a podcast and recorded an episode the Tick podcast, um, and um, they were sort of like my inspiration. They were the only people I actually knew that had started a podcast, and it was like, whoa. And so anyways, I started listening to their podcast, and I just was like, um, I was like, I want to do this. And so I knew that I was just going to sit on this equipment unless I contacted people. So I contacted several people from blogs that I thought looked cool, and they accepted like, Tim Hurst was this cool dude that had passed me at the Ogden Marathon 
on one leg and I found him on Instagram after and I just thought he was the coolest dude and he had done all these podcast interviews and he agreed to come on my podcast that wasn't even out yet, you know? And then Nina, Nina had like read her blog forever and she accepted. And then Holly, she was like this big, like political like lady that she wrote for like this newspaper. She accepted, you know, and all these people, like Dusty was this filmmaker and it was like, dang, okay, I have like these like people that I'm so intimidated by. I feel like such an imposter. I need to learn how to podcast. And so I like just learned. And my friend Miranda that believed in me from the beginning, she, I couldn't figure out how to do my intro. And she just was like, that doesn't sound like you stuff. And I was like, okay, record my intro with me, you know, like, and um, of like my first episode. And anyways, like, I just remember she would come over and I would be like working on stuff and she was just like cheerleading me on, you know, and I'm just so grateful for her. So, um, and that first interview that I did, I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> just did it. Mina was awesome and it was amazing. And I just got that high after podcasting. It is a high after you do an interview. Don't you agree? Amen. It is, yeah, it, it is, is seriously the, it is like a drug. <laughs> it is. It's the best thing ever that you get this peak in this person's life. So anyways, after that, um, then I had all this audio, but I was like, oh, it's not good enough to put out there. They aren't going to like it. Like it, it just is so vulnerable to put something out that's creative. And that's where a lot of people stop and they like wait forever, you know? And I was in this period of waiting. And then I remember I listened to the TikTok podcast and I don't think they love me sharing this, but I do because their imperfections gave me the motivation to try. So I heard their edits, and that was the only time I had ever heard it then and since. There were a few, like, edits, and I was like, wow, their podcast isn't perfect. Like, if theirs isn't perfect, I can put mine out there. And I deliberately have kept my podcast, like, with its imperfections because I want to give them with these personal ones that I do with my business one, I have to be a little bit more um polish. polish but with these personal ones i want to give it to, like people the motivation to try like i just had my 50th episode of notable peeps and it was terrible audio because it was during covid in my car and it was choppy and i was like i'm putting this out there because maybe this will give someone like the courage to try to do something in their life you know so like this is like i had this dream figured out i wanted this dream in july didn't it didn't come out to a podcast until May, right? Like it was slow. And then did I post consistently? Well, I started out thinking I needed to post weekly, but guess what? Like life gets in the way. And then I started posting every other week. And then now I haven't even posted forever on it, you know, like, and so I think that's the thing with creative projects. You have to realize that like, sometimes that's going to be your big thing. And then sometimes it's going to take a back burner, but, and that's okay. You know? So, mm-hmm. so anyways, so that's a little bit of starting out with my podcasting. So journey. I'm curious about, I mean, hashtag everyone needs a Miranda. Mm-hmm. Love, shout out to Miranda. And also just, I think that that's, um, listening to you, Steph, I feel like you have been such a cheerleader to myself and so many others. And you've encouraged many people in whatever endeavors they're pursuing Um, What do you feel like has slowed throughout your life? What's slowed and quickened your process? So what's like, what's allowed you to, because I feel like things have quickened for you in podcasting by choosing to go pro. 
Yeah. Um, so, like, what, just with anything? Or I mean, yeah, maybe just in anything. Just, like, what do you feel like has, has made you slow down and what's made you pick up the pace and, and yeah, create more opportunities as a result of that? Um, I think with, like, podcasting, the thing that, that has quickened it is I just found I love cold calling people so that's just how I started getting our guests and I don't think most people like to cold call right like and so that was just so cool to be like oh I could call this person and they'll come right like so I mean I've reached out to big people Andy Grammer I love your music I reached out to you I knew that you wouldn't say yes but I was like why not try it if I think someone's cool I'll reach out. Just recently, I read this book by Carolyn Pearson, and I started, like... What's I, that book called? Yeah. It's um, it's about her experience with her husband, who ended up being gay and died of AIDS, and she cared for him. So it's called Goodbye, I Love You. I'm bawling as I read this story, and I just contacted her on Facebook, and I was like, there's no way she's going to reply. 30 minutes later, she's like, I would love to do an interview. I was like, and it was just like so cool so it's just all these experiences where if you ask you know and and that's an area of my life that I don't feel like I get afraid of having rejection so like we started on this there's not a professional networking group for podcasters so we started the Utah Podcast Coalition and it's so intimidating because we're with podcasters Tracy's a part of it but we're with podcasters that have been doing it for like 10 years they know their stuff they have like 450 episodes plus you know and so it just like as I call these people I'm like I feel like imposter but then it's cool because I'm learning from them and so I think that's the big thing in podcasting is I would rather be the smart the not the smartest I'd rather be the dumbest person in the room because then I have all this knowledge to gain so I think that that's been the big thing and that having this creative project I don't care whose idea it is I just want it to be the best right so I am totally fine if people are like hey let's tweak this intro let's tweak this logo let's tweak this my feelings don't get hurt because it's coming and I think that's where I needed to work at this engineering firm because when we would do proposals we did like 30 drafts and everyone doing their input and it was nothing personal against me if they didn't like where something was placed it's everyone collaborating and coming up with the best thing together so that's been the big thing in podcasting that has really helped me to move forward is being like okay like it doesn't give me feedback yeah give me feedback feedback. I know that like my way isn't the best and that I don't want to be blockbuster you look at blockbuster like um Redbox came and told them the great idea or Netflix or whatever you know I forget if it was Redbox or Netflix but like hey this great idea and they were like "Mm, no we're fine and now there's a flipping documentary about the last blockbuster. And so I've like told so many people in my life, I'm like, if I'm being stubborn, tell me, hey, blockbuster. And then I know, like, no, I'm shifting that. So um, that's been the big thing to help me there. Um, I feel like in running, um, the thing that has slowed me down is um, I think that a huge part of it that I'm like working through, but so in my mind, I have always felt like um, this like this statement is true, and I've tried to like tell myself it's not, but that no guy wants a fat girl. So I have to be a certain size. I remember um, years ago being asked out by two different guys on like second dates in the same weekend. I was like, what's wrong with them? I'm not on my goal weight. Why do they want to go out with me, right? And so... 
I think that um, that has really like slowed me down because it's sort of like Chubbs is wanting to fight against that and be like, no, like you're going to find someone at the size that loves and appreciates you and everything. Um, so I think that there's just like this barrier, but I really feel like I'm starting to break through that and be like, no, like I really want this running goal. And I think that I've tried so many times, you know, it's like that, like, ugh, I'm embarrassed. Like I'm embarrassed to like, I um, have my Instagram for it and I haven't posted on it forever because it was just like the sheepish of, ugh, I'm still working at this goal. And so I think sometimes I don't talk to people about it. They don't really know that's one of my goals because it's like, yeah, I have been trying at this for, I mean, 2000. It would have been 13, 13 years. years. Yeah. yeah, 13 years. And I'm not there yet, you know? Um, that's hard. And how many of us can relate, though? Steph, that is a very relatable thing. <laughs> and I think that is the thing where it's like, in my head, I think, oh, I'm just the only one not getting my goals, right? Like, everyone else is like getting all theirs, but it's true. And so my, my last question for you is, how would you encourage somebody to be in the arena to do? Well, the reason I started all peeps is because I wanted to be inspired by other people doing their impossible goals, right? Because my mantra for that is put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible. And then I changed it to believe that with God all things are possible. So, um, so I think find those other people that have like similar goals, you know, and that find your Miranda that's gonna like think but then also it doesn't need to be perfect I look at like even just for work this year for Utah real estate I have changed the intro four times I've changed the website like layout three times I'm getting better and better at stuff and when you start and when you put it out there like my audio from my first episode of notable peeps four years ago is so different from my audio today and now I have a studio that, like, they created a studio and there's, you know, like, it's just completely different. And now, like I said, first I bought, like, one good mic, but now I have all mics of the same quality, you know, like, so I think that um, whatever it is, is just realize, yeah, you aren't going to be perfect at it. Just try. Like, this is a learning curve. But if you really want to do it. Also, I've learned the value of professionals, like having a professional running coach. In podcasting, I have someone that writes my show notes, and I pay her now for it because I realized the biggest hurdle of me getting out my personal podcast was writing, right? And so I pay her per episode to write my personal, like, show notes because I feel like that's valuable for me to get me to do the project, right? I, I have someone that does um, captions for Instagram for like the professional podcasts. So find the professionals and invest in it. Like, yes, my running coach, I um, pay her a certain amount every month, but it is, um, I just feel like it is so worth the investment um, and she's become such a dear friend, but it's worth it to me to have that person that is consistently helping me and she taught me to run in a whole different way, like with heart rate zones and stuff. So, and accountability. Yeah, you're, accountability. You're paying for accountability. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and that's a huge motivator. Yeah, and that, and and then even with my like 52 weeks podcast, I mean, we sit together every week and talk about our goals. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not accomplishing all these things. But I think that this has been really good for me today to look and be like, oh, yeah, I actually have accomplished some things. And I think that sometimes. 
it's okay to change your goals, right? And I have asked over and over, do I want this running goal? Is this something that I want to change? And it's not, but I've had other goals that I'm like, yeah, that's not really that important to me. Like this year, I was tracking like how many, I had a goal for how many fruits and vegetables I wanted to eat and how many miles I wanted to run. And I'm like, no, that's not important to me to track anymore. So I took that out. And so it's completely okay to recalibrate. And I think that's the thing that I've loved from this 52 weeks podcast is just every week getting together and being accountable and also seeing how I make goals. I've realized that the best way for me to make goals is floor and ceiling goals because I'm a dreamer. So I always am going to have this big thing. But so like this week, my goal for running was, okay, my floor goal is five minutes a day. My ceiling goal is to do six hours of running in a week, you know? And like, usually I get somewhere in the middle and then it takes away that guilt and that shame. And you still accomplish it. And I still accomplish it. And so I've realized like, but some weeks I am like killing it and I'm getting those ceiling goals, but that's what works best for me. Right. And so find your style, find your goal setting style, find your, your group that's going to inspire you and just start, you know, like honestly at first when I, like with Notable Peaks, I was so scared to tell people about, but I just started texting everyone in my phone. And then I saw like how much people were excited for me and willing to encourage. And that's cool too, you know? Oh yeah, it totally is a high for sure. And um, tell us again the tagline of your Notable Peeps podcast. Put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible.